The date is Friday, July 9th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, we're talking about the 2019 action role-playing game known as The Outer Worlds. We'll talk about what makes a good RPG, how this compares to other titles by Obsidian Entertainment, and get into the lore behind what makes this game's story so gripping. So enjoy! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite show on the internet encapsulating all things entertainment. Can you guess what it is? That's right. It's Entertain This. Entertain This. As always, I am one of your intrepid hosts. My name is Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. Once again, we have been graced with each other's presence. How lovely it is to spend this this beautiful day with my two best buds discussing (laughs) entertainment in this forum in which we've built on our own privilege. Um, So for today, last week we talked about Bo Burnham. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this week we're going to talk about whatever Nick wants to talk about. He's brought something to the table uh, and we're going to we're going to listen to him. How you feel about that, Nick? Uh, pretty good. I think I have something. I haven't. Can, hold on. Can we? Can we do that? Can we take? Can we do that one more time? Can we get a second take of that? But this time, let's do it like. Uh, let's do it like I didn't prepare. No, let's. No, 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 no. We've done that too many times. Let's oh, okay. do it. All right. Let's 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 do another take of it. Let's do it this time. Like uh, you just won the Super Bowl, and I'm asking you what you're gonna do next. So let's go ahead and take from the top. <laughs> right. I'll tee you up, mm-hmm. and you just give me what you're gonna say. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Last week we saw Alex cover Bo Burnham. This week we have you on the docket, Nick. What are you going to talk about? I'm going to go to Disney World. Is that what we're, well, are we talking about? Disney World? No, we're not talking about Disney World. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not even really close to Disney World, to be honest with you. Untrue. I'm sorry. Say I'm sorry. say what we are talking about. I told a little fib. Um, so today I thought we'd uh, we'd talk about a little video game. Is that okay? I figured we'd talk about a little, uh, little game called The Outer Worlds, if that's okay. Okay with you guys. Um, it's okay with me. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, <clears throat> in classic entertain this style, I want to ask a, a question. It's not a rhetorical question. It's just one that I want an answer to. And that is, do you think you're important? Nope. Nope. Okay. Mm-hmm. Neither do I. Cool. Um <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're important to the hearts and minds of the viewers at home. There you go. Yeah. Probably not. Or listeners, because we're a podcast. Yeah. Thanks for not calling me on it that time, guys. Well, yeah. so to be often. fair, it works now. Yeah. Yeah. We're an audiovisual medium now, mm-hmm. not just audio. Um, but yeah, I think it's safe to say that none of us podcast hosts are really making life or death decisions on a daily basis. Is that safe well, to say? No. No. I okay. think that there are a number of things a day that could kill us. I think getting in your car is a pretty good, uh, pretty good death wish. Yeah. Um, I, I run several stop signs every day going to work. And honestly, sometimes I'm just like, anything could happen. <laughs> Making a little risky choice there, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all have this thing that I guess psychologists call a decision-making process. Um, I don't really know if the showering too, as somebody just said in the comments, that's funny. Um, <laughs> but even the smallest of choices affect someone else in some small way. So it's very rare for someone to make a decision and that not affect somebody else. And there's only a handful of these tiny insignificant forces uh, in the timeline littered around our lives. As a side note, can you kind of tell that I've been watching Loki a little bit? Yeah, for a second I thought that we were talking about Loki, and I was like, are we about to do an episode on Loki, and you just pulled, like, the wool over our eyes for all of this? (laughs) That's your guys' job. I'll I'll plug the the thing if you want me to, uh, or entertain this YouTube channel, where Alex and other Nick are doing um, a little little discussion of the Loki episodes as they come out. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I think they're pretty great. I'm not all cut up right now, because it's Wednesday, Thursday. What day is it? Today's Thursday. Yeah. Um, oh, it's Thursday. It's called, it's called You, Me, and Loki. We have go. a pretty awesome intro that uh, Nick Mustakangas made for us. Me? Um, but they're popping off on YouTube, and they're getting better every week, so go check it out. Yeah, I can I can stand by that. The episodes are getting pretty good, too. I don't know how the fourth one's going to turn out. Who knows? Um, Haven't watched it yet, huh? But maybe, maybe one of these examples of a small insignificant choice is... 
Do you want Fruit Loops or Captain Crunch for breakfast? Is this a rhetorical question? No. I can, can answer, answer this? If you want. Yeah, go ahead. What are the choices? Uh, Fruit Loops or Captain Crunch. What kind of Captain Crunch? Just the standard. Mm. What, what do you mean, what's the standard? Okay, well, the standard is just a box of razor blades that you stick in your mouth. <laughs> You're so right. So I think I'm going to go with Fruit Loops personally. I do okay. love that. I do love to be crunchitized, though. Yeah, <laughs> crunch yeah, yeah. Me, Captain. I'm I'm a big fan of the straight like peanut butter little blocks that you get. Mm. Yeah, those are my favorite. Yeah, I'd say the crunch berries are probably. If I had to mm. choose between those two, um, I reference "Oops, all berries" like all the time. That's I make much. a mistake and I'm just like, "Oops, all berries." <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. I feel like I need to. I need to at least feel a little like I'm healthy. You know, the little the little razor blades help. Like yeah, your mouth open, I guess. Because you know. you walk away from it, and you're like, I guess, I guess I'm healthy now. I have no jokes for this. Let's keep going. <laughs> I'm vomiting rainbows. I guess that's cool now. Um, but anyways, it's probably safe to say that that little choice, that little question that I just asked, is not going to decide if somebody lives or dies. Okay, that's safe to say. Um, it might feel like it some mornings, but yet the freedom to choose is something that I'd say we all crave. And that's how we kind of got a hundred different types of cereal in the cereal aisle to begin with. In the first place, our consumers said, with our wallets, give me different flavors of sugar for my mornings. And Kellogg said, all righty then. <laughs> fair enough. Fair we enough. humans have some sort of need to feel important. Um, and note the word feel there. That's how people get verbose and grossly inaccurate corporate titles like corporate executive synergy director of strategic agile digital marketing. That guy's but, making more money than me, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm, me too. Mm -hmm. um, but we all feel the need to do things that matter. And you can call it fate or free will or human nature, but that is an observation that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Even writing this script, I've made the choice to forgo, forgo doing my actual work and to sit here and type some words on a screen that I hope you guys are hearing now, but uh, we're all about deciding things all the time. And it is because of that that we enjoy playing video games in which we get to maybe video workshop games. out video <laughs> games uh, that we get to uh, workshop out uh, uh, particular uh, strategies for interacting uh, with somebody else. Uh, I'm I, sorry. I, I have a fever and uh, the only <laughs> cure is video games. Video games. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, this is like the third time on this podcast that we have talked about something akin to free will or in reference yeah. to mm -hmm. free will. It's kind of getting crazy. That. All right, never mind. <laughs> we can talk about... No, uh, that's okay. I don't no, want to talk later. about it. That's a late, that's a <laughs> I mean, it's soon. almost like Nick likes to play a certain type of video game. <laughs> a role-playing game? Yeah. Can, you believe, can you believe that at this point we still have yet to tell them what we're talking about? No, we did. <laughs> we're at the getting top. there. We, did, we, thought, we said at the top. <laughs> a game, role-playing game called The Outer Worlds. And yeah. it's it's got some role-playing. It's mm -hmm. got a game where you can make some choices and maybe have a giggle along the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have to go to the Outer Worlds to do it, though. And because that's the topic of today's episode, I'd ask you to entertain this. I'd like to start our discussion um, to talk just a little bit about the setting. Um, I'd kind of describe it as if Fallout and Bioshock had a baby, and it's a snarky teen who satirizes everything. I think you can kind of see why I like this game already. Yep. yep. <laughs> and on top of that, the charity on top is that it's it's sci-fi. You mm -hmm. get to be the captain of your own ship. You get mm -hmm. to have followers follow you around and make you know fights with you. And it's retrofuturistic, which is great because that's kind of how Fallout got started in the first place. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So it's it's one of those areas where RPGs and other RPGs kind of shine. It's it's this alternate future of what happens if it's it's the what if this mm -hmm. played out differently or what if this played out differently. Um, and I love that shit, to be honest with you. So, so you're gonna absolutely love the new Marvel series that's coming out. Oh, it's a new. What's, what is it called? Go ahead and it's called. It. It's called What If. What if? Really? Is that it? Marvel Studios presents What If. It's a series oh. that's going to be coming to Disney Plus that is going to explore the multiverse and ask questions such as What if uh, Agent Carter was Captain America? 
Ooh. Yeah, and I don't others. Know how that would turn out. Yeah. Like, what if Doctor like Strange was? The... Yeah, it's kind of like that. That's a good way of looking at it. Um, You're entering the Twilight Zone. But it's just a bunch of, like, what ifs. Like, that's where uh, Gwen Stacy came from. It was what if Peter Parker died instead. And that's Who's where, like, Sp- right. like, Spider Gwen came from. Oh, female Spider-Man? The what if series. Okay. Okay. Let's keep moving because okay. there are a lot of female Spider-Men and I don't want to get into this and steal your time. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, please spout off. Um, Spider-Gwen but- is Gwen Stacy is Spider-Man. They had to change her name from Spider-Gwen to Ghost Spider because she, came her, she became her own character by calling her Spider-Girl. You are actually referring to Penny Parker, the daughter of Spider-Man mm-hmm. uh, and Mary Jane Watson. Um, they had a daughter, her name is Spider-Gwen, and she also had spider, spider-like spider superpowers and took up the mantle after Peter Parker retired. Well, today I learned. Yeah. Uh, thanks for fact-checking us there. <laughs> so, the so she's she's so also if, in Enter the Spider-Verse, too. She's the one with oh, the little yeah, robot. Yeah, she is. Or with the big old robot. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she is. Wow. I never thought I'd learn this much about Spider-Man in a single podcast. We had a whole episode Spider-Man on Spider-Man. Episode. Yeah, other than that... <laughs> This is the second. This is a runner-up to that, I'd say. But I feel like you're avoiding your your topic. Are you okay? I'm, Are you guys doing all no, right? We're, we're getting there. You should go yeah, to topic counseling. Why. It's a great game. It's a good game. We gotta let's get to the uh, alternate future that I mentioned before. You want to do that? Yeah. How about so, the alternate yes. future where we talk about <laughs> where so we talk Spider-Man, about your, this game? <laughs> Spider-Man comes out of the sky. He gets his own ship and he goes into orbit around this planet called Terra Two. Mm-hmm, okay. um, this is also not true at all. Uh, but <laughs> so it's set in an alternate future um and you might be wondering well space spacemen and orbits and all this other stuff what where did that come from what what could be the the twist what's the twist in the timeline that caused this to diverge and it diverged in 1901 when u.s president william mckinley was not assassinated by an anarchist by the name of leon cholgaz at the pan-american exposition in buffalo new york and it's a fun fact here a fun fact about assassination, if we can even have those, but uh, this is you're the talking, so yeah, that can just kind of happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of this that the third American president to be assassinated after uh, James Garfield and Abraham Lincoln, of course, um, that they think maybe we should start up uh, this thing called the Secret Service and maybe they should protect the president. Uh, so of course they did, <laughs> but it's because of this that. Theodore Roosevelt never becomes president. Mm. He never succeeds William McKinley after he's shot and killed at the mm. Pan-American Exposition. So, and if you know anything about the turn of the century in American history, you're probably thinking, ah, shit. Because old Teddy did a lot of things during his presidency. He sure like, did. Like uh, setting up the national park system, breaking up big monopolies, allowing workers to unionize, establishing the predecessor to the FDA. I mean, the list goes on, and he's a pretty yeah, cool he dude. Yeah, he was basically the last standards. president to be like, hey, I care about the people. I'm going to do shit for the people. <laughs> was was he the one that was like, talk bigly and carry a soft stick? Yep. Okay. That was him. Talk, yeah. talk yeah. bigly and swing your dick. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> the exact quote is, talk softly and carry a big stick. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that means don't really be out there shouting your <laughs> brains out about it. Talk but, bigly and swing your soft stick. <laughs> <laughs> Check uh, this out, guys. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, that's that's the kind of shit we're throwing today. Let's keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one thing that's horrifying from the story um, in the Outer Worlds universe is that there's a consumable. Um, it's one of the first things you encounter in the game. It's called salt tuna. And allegedly there's, there's this fish that's canned. Uh, but you find out it's really not, contains no salt tuna at all. It's just mushrooms, grass, pieces of wolves that are just stuffed together and flavored to be kind of tuna-esque, I guess. Right. So obviously the modern FDA wouldn't let that fly whatsoever. And that's why we have these lovely nutritional guides labels um, and everything from ding-dongs to soda to tell us what's in our food, mm-hmm. generally yeah. speaking. But, it's, you know, it's thanks to, it's thanks to Teddy. And because he didn't become president, a hyper-corporate and class-centric society dominated by mega-corporations comes to fruition. And then we fast-forward 300 years to, say, 2285, which is when this game takes place, and humanity has figured out how to colonize space and terraform alien planets 
to varying results, but Earth's residents at this time are encouraged to undertake efforts to colonize the faraway systems in the stars. So at this point, you're probably like, all right, cool, it's a space western RPG set in modern day America, and you wouldn't be that far off from the truth. This star system takes place in a, a little place called Halcyon. Mm-hmm. It's that's the name of the star and the 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 planetary system. So traveling there from Earth requires you to use something called a skip drive, which is pretty much just faster than light travel. Mm. Um, it allows you to skip <laughs> the otherwise long and arduous journey that uh, light would have to take from, like let's say, sun to the nearest star. That's what a hundred light years or something like that. So even if you were moving at the speed of light, that's a hundred years you got to wait. With a skip drive, you cut down like a 60-year or an 80-year voyage to like 10 years in cryosleep. So that's kind of what these uh, terraforming ships are sent over to do. You got the Hope and the Groundbreaker, which are the two colony ships that are sent from Earth to Halcyon. And they are, uh, the, the Groundbreaker makes it there first because it's it's the name of the ship, right? It's, it, it breaks the ground to make the... I don't need to explain this anymore. I'm going to stop. Um, but basically, that it successfully arrives in Halcyon, and then it terraforms and colonizes the planets of Terra-1, later named Monarch, and Terra-2. And the Hope, the sister ship to that, uh, mysteriously disappears in transit, slipping mm-hmm. into myth among the citizens of Halcyon. And the Groundbreaker is placed in a permanent orbit near Terra-2, with the original crew's descendants converting it into a colony ship and make this a small independent citadel within this corporately owned society of the star system known as Halcyon. So um, it's it's kind of reflective of the turn of the century in essence of like colonialism too, because you got to remember uh, the 1900s, every big power and their brother had some sort of colonial attachment to it. Like the U.S. had the Philippines, we had Cuba, we had a couple other islands that I don't remember, um, <laughs> in Hawaii too. Um, the Brits had, you know, at one point America, they had Canada. Um, you know, uh, I think they had some possessions in Africa too. So really this is, this is big money. This is how an empire is built with mm-hmm. the blood, sweat, and tears of people that are, for lack of a better word, <laughs> enslaved. Um, that's, that's kind of what's reflected in the game too. So just an interesting little thing to point out there, but let's so, slow it down a little bit because you said a lot of words up until this point <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to break them down like in five to see if I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So here are a couple of things that I know about this game before I get into maybe what you were talking about. Number yeah, one, you guys have both played it, right? I played I have. some of it. Okay. This game was made by insomniac. Nope. Who is it? You want to try again? I want to try one more time because I think okay. Treyarch. Nope. Nope. Okay. Who? <laughs> Tell me. Obsid- Obsidian Entertainment. The same people who Obsidian. made. Uh, there it is. Same people who okay. made New Vegas. Fa- Fallout New Vegas. Kind of right. Just saying. This mm-hmm. this game was their attempt at um, making a kind of Fallout because they were way better at making Fallout than Bethesda was. Yep. So they were like, "I right, then fuck you in your Fallout." We're going to make our own futuristic (laughs) space shooter game and we're going to call it Outer Worlds. Everybody was super hyped because they were like, Outer Worlds is going to be like what we want the fallouts to be because the fallouts aren't like the fallout that we loved, which was Fallout New Vegas. So that's how this game kind of got made. And Fallout 76 (laughs) is still a mess. It's Um, a mess, yeah. The sad, sad story. But... From what I understand, the background of this is, from what you were talking about, um, this is a world where Roosevelt never became president, and because of that, the acts that Roosevelt did under his presidency never took place, which Mm -hmm. the long and short of everything that he did comes down to, um, basically, corporate America has exploded and taken over governmental positioning, and for that reason, are in charge of the people and the laws and the way that life is lived. Uh, mm-hmm. Fast forward into the future. Now we're colonizing space with those same backbones. And now we're in space and it's basically a capitalistic regime in space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And that's pretty the much it. Um, but if, if we kind of took it one step deeper, you look at the developers of this game, Obsidian Entertainment, and you look at how they were operating under, say, Bethesda. 
and mm. you start to get at maybe this is a satire of Bethesda themselves because oh shit yeah did I just blow your mind a little bit there <laughs> no, no, I, I, like, said, I just like this totally, point of view yeah it's it's totally like they come out and said the two creators are saying like hey guys you know you might think this is a backstabbing kind of move at Bethesda but it's really not I think they're just point, taking the high road at this point well I mean the other thing too is like Obsidian like made their name off of developing like sequels to mm-hmm. incredible RPGs. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if they're going to get a shot at their own title, use something you know. Yeah. Like, use something that RPGs. you're familiar with. Yeah. Like Which a quirky like, RP, a quirky retro futuristic RPG. Cool. Yeah. Right. They could do that. Go for it. Yeah, but I I just think it's a lot more fun to examine this as a I don't know if you want to say mockery or satire or I'm angry at Bethesda for being controlling. <laughs> I think it started as a sit down, talk shit, like lunch, lunch room discussion yeah, where they I were like, you know, if Bethesda was in charge of the world, then everything would be like this. And then they were like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> what if we made a game where everything was like this? And then they made the game and then later they were like, yeah, it started out as a joke about Bethesda, but it's not about Bethesda. It's about capitalism. Yeah. Well, I mean, if yeah. you if you go even deeper, like the game was ma- like cr- the, the game was created uh, by the original creators of the entire Fallout series as a yep. whole. And mm-hmm. so that makes a lot more sense for them to be like, look at the way Bethesda treated my baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my ba- look at what you did to my boy <laughs> you massacred my boy I knew how they, I knew that was going to come out in a meme I used to use that line all the time <laughs> look how they massacred my boy <laughs> but yeah I mean I can I can totally relate to that they were just like look I don't like the way this series is going so instead of fighting with you I'm going to do it better and I'm going to show you how it's done Mm-hmm. And so far, Bethesda hasn't released a Fallout game that's good. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you tell me who won. But they also haven't released a sequel to Outer Worlds, and it's been a little bit. Hey, it's that's been, why I'm talking about, about this. Yeah, that's why I'm talking about this particular topic because I'm trying to get some of that sweet, sweet publicity out of Outer Worlds too. <laughs> okay, I see I what it. you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's a naked attack. Here I am. Okay, <laughs> that's a that's called a naked gun. Naked gun, yeah. Um, speaking of Chekhov's gun, um, let's let's you know let's just get back into the the thing where uh, all the land and earth has been snatched up. Speaking uh, of Chekhov's gun, no. Where do you where Chekhov's do you go next gun. in space? And then Nick Chekhov's gun start... is because there's a lot of planets in the star system that we're talking about Nick's that you can't go to. Talk. They're just kind of there. Nobody was so, talking about. Nobody mm-hmm. said Chekhov's gun, and then he said, speaking of Chekhov's gun, and then he didn't even talk about Chekhov's gun, so what about <laughs> Chekhov's gun? <laughs> Can you explain what Chekhov's gun is real quick? Because I'm not entirely sure. It's like, yeah, it's let me, let me break it. Let me break it down for you. Please. If in the first <laughs> act, a gun is either presented by somebody mm-hmm. or seen on a wall, classically, the idea is if there's a shotgun hanging on the wall, then in the second act, someone's going to shoot the shotgun or else there'd be no reason for a shotgun to be there. But yeah. more famously, it's like if a gun is introduced um, in the first act, it will be used in the second act. Um, but it doesn't always have to be a gun. Sometimes it's like if there is a potential like potential threat in the first act, then it'll play out in the second act no matter what. Right. So that's the idea of it. Maybe mentioning planets that you can't go to is kind of a Chekhov's gun because I was excited. I was, I was into it. As soon as they said, there's an entire solar system. I was like, all right, cool. So it's Kerbal space program, but it's an RPG. Got it. You can go to any one of the planets you want, but, um, you can't cause one's a gas giant and obviously you can't land on a gas giant. Mm-hmm. One of them's kind of like a Pluto esque type of planet. And I would really like to go there. Um, but you can't, it's just kind of a blob that's out there. Maybe some of that is like influenced by the lore of, no, you can't terraform it because it's too far away from the sun. Your terraforming machines might not work, but um, I don't know. That's that's just me bickering about something that probably doesn't matter at all. But <laughs> I mean, I think <laughs> it, I think it's more so convictions. like convictions. I think it's yeah. more so like you have to set a limit somewhere. Like yeah, 
Like you have to be like, all right, we just got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise you get like something um, called no man's sky, which right. is <laughs> here's an entire universe. Okay. What can you do on these planets? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Walk around. You like walking around? <laughs> Whatever you edit, make sure that those nothings are synced up because they need to be. <laughs> Nothing. Ah, <laughs> oh, gosh. I still have nightmares about it um about uh no man's sky but you yeah, just collect ship parts right like that's your whole thing i've i've heard it's a lot better now it's a lot better now i'd, I'd say so but <laughs> day one i was excited i was like i'm gonna explore all these planets i played it for a little too long and then i was like hmm, that's I'm it, huh? bored. <laughs> yeah but what does matter about games is uh a good rpg if you want a good rpg experience there are certain tenets there are certain columns, pillars, whatever you want to call them, that support up this tent of a good RPG. So, mm-hmm. Michael, I remember a while back you sent me a video by somebody called H Bomber Guy. Yes. Um, who pray he was he was going. This is an hour long tangent about Fallout New Vegas and why it's a, such a great game. Mm-hmm. 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 And I watched group it. Chat without me, and you guys go and talk about videos and stuff. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> But you should definitely go watch this game. I'll link it in the show notes if I remember. Um, but it's it's just really hard to talk about any kind of RPG game without mentioning the Fallout series because mm-hmm. they're made by the same people, Obsidian Entertainment. And beyond that, like they hit some sort of, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Firing on all cylinders when they made Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. Uh, because Lightning in a bottle? Been, Lightning in a bottle. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. It's they they've never nobody has ever come out with an RPG that's exactly like Fallout New Vegas. Um, and maybe they have. I just haven't played it because the problem is with a lot of these RPG games, they're set in like fantasy worlds or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't that doesn't appeal to me just personally. Um I, I kind of like the retro futuristic setting. That's one of the things that I enjoy. Um, and maybe it's not for everyone. I understand that, but it, their their mission in making this game was to give their fans, which are probably Fallout New Vegas fans, the same type of game without the Fallout intellectual property, like we said before. Mm-hmm. But do you guys want to take a stab at what makes a good RPG game? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Can we take turns? Yeah. yeah go ahead. Now Michael goes first. Okay. Michael does go first because cool. he's smart. <laughs> <laughs> so... The first thing that I think of when I think of like a good RPG is very good writing. Like yeah. you, a, a good RPG has to be written very well for you to be invested not only in the character that you are role playing as, but the world itself. Um, and then along with that, like the actual like systems of like progression, the actual like gameplay loop that and that needs to be like really solid. Otherwise, it gets very easy to lose any interest. Like even if the, no matter how good the writing and the lore is of the world, like if the actual gameplay just isn't there to match, then why would a person keep playing it? And yeah. So, Cause the story can be great, but you need to have like a game underneath it. Right. Want to keep going. And, and it's, it, it's yeah. And like for me, the, the big thing that makes like a very special like RPG is one that can marry the progression systems to the lore of the world. Um, Mm. So where, when I'm talking about that, I'm thinking like, um, let's see, like Skyrim. Mm -hmm. Skyrim honestly is a good example. Like as you progress through, you kill dragons, you get their souls, which allows you to unlock new shouts. And that is due to the fact that you are a dragonborn where it's like, that is that marrying of this gameplay progression with the lore of the world. Mm hmm. And that to yeah. me, like systems like that are what make incredibly good RPGs. Yeah, that's well said. And I'm not bashing Skyrim. I love Skyrim. <laughs> so let's get that out of the way. We had an entire episode about it. I mean, kind so. of. Alex? Um, I think I learned mostly what makes a good RPG by playing a bad RPG, which <laughs> is when uh, mm-hmm. Fallout 76 first came out. Um, it's basically, I mean, it got better, but, um, it did. Yeah. That the things that people were complaining about and the things that I personally experienced kind of tells what people want from a good RPG. 
So like Michael yeah. was saying, it's important that the game in 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 less uh uh pretty pretty way of saying it, it's important that the game works. If the game doesn't mm-hmm. work, you're screwed. If <laughs> people are falling through maps, works. if things are clipping together, if people are getting stuck places, that's no good. Um and that's it obvious. Works. It just works. But I think the two things that are most important to me and what I figured out kind of makes or breaks uh, the RPG experience is number one, um, NPC relationship and Mm -hmm. how deep you can delve into that NPC relationship. Um, A good example, again, I'm going to go with Fallout. Fallout 76 didn't have NPCs and people were losing their goddamn minds over it. But more importantly, (laughs) Fallout uh, 4 did have NPCs, but had a terrible uh, communication mechanic. And because of that, people people felt limited and for that reason didn't emotionally engage with the, uh, you know, the people. Yeah. The second thing, the second thing that I say is important when it comes to RPGs is the combat. Uh, mechanic and that's a personal thing because mm-hmm. i think the more involved that you are in the combat and the more it feels like real-time combat the better the rpg is so like take your skyrim for example take your uh fallout uh franchise it's real time like faster you can pull the trigger the faster you can kill the guy the better you can swing the sword the better you're going to kill the person the more sneaky you can be uh the easier it's going to be to assassinate people I personally, and this is just a personal preference, but in my opinion, uh, I personally do not like turn-based combat. I never have any games with turn-based combat. Um, I think it's kind of tedious, which is ironic because I love D&D, which is like (laughs) the king of turn-based combat. Like you'll spend an hour doing combat in that game. But um, that's still a little bit more freeing than I think like you have choice A, B, C, or D. The only game Mm -hmm. that I feel like that works in is pokemon and that's because everything feels like it's moving so fast um yeah that right. it kind of has to be turn-based but when it's like take for example final fantasy i think uh involves a turn-based system that's more just like you have to no, pick what move you do mm-hmm. uh paper mario is another one that it's like you have these three moves good luck pick which <laughs> ones you want to use those uh I don't really like too much because I feel like it's limiting. Yeah. It's yeah. I I see what you're saying, but um, counterpoint to your number one though. Uh Oh, Skyrim. (laughs) It's going back to it. (laughs) Skyrim is not a well-functioning game, but people still play it to this day because the actual core mechanics lying underneath of this broken game are very good. And mm-hmm. because the world and the around the exploration it. and narrative yep. and the lore. Yep. Yeah. It's so all it's, it's like all like a, it's all a give and take. Like things that. have to be balanced. It, like there's like a certain level that like uh, is like want to play and it's like story <laughs> gameplay. Where does it average out at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to bring this all around and compare like our I don't know if you want to call it a rubric of what makes a good RPG and I'm going to use Fallout New Vegas because that's what I know the best. Mm-hmm. That's our measuring stick. That's our, our foot long ruler here. And we're going to see how this game over here, the Outer Worlds, measures up to Fallout. Now, if you can tell by the video feed, I made Outer Worlds a little bit smaller mm-hmm. than Fallout New Vegas. But not by too There's much. For that. Not by not too much. much. Not too much at all. But we're just going to kind of see how these these things measure up. So Let's see how they stack uh, up. How they stack up. Let's let's get right into it. Um, <laughs> a role-playing game, basically, on paper, is you should be allowed to play a role within the game. You might be saying, duh, of course, but who duh, you role-play as, <laughs> who you role-play as, is completely up to you. Gaming it out is kind of a meta game you play within your head. Like, well, how would my character react to this situation? Or what would I, what would they, what would they say to, you know, what this asshole just called me, <laughs> which happens a lot. Or maybe it's just like something you wouldn't say in real life. Cause there's, there's some dialogue options that I probably wouldn't use to a person if I were actually talking to them, but my character would. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. 
and, and in my opinion, I think Fallout New Vegas is is one of these things that checks all the boxes of a good RPG game. So really, it's kind of broken down into this this thing called making choices matter. So choices that matter. Um, That's a good episode title for this one. Hey, nice it's one. I was going to call choice. it, uh, it's not the best choice. It's Spacer's choice. choice. <laughs> that, I like that. It's, that's pretty that's good. Pretty good. like that. Because uh, Spacer's Choice is a company within the game, of yeah. course. And yeah. yeah, it'd be like that. Um, <laughs> but Michael, like you were saying before, the, the, there's these stages of progression that you, the character, take in the game. You start out as maybe a pipsqueak, a little ant who has a, a pea shooter and he goes pew, pew, pew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, there's this mid game thing where, you know, maybe you've been working out, maybe you're a little strong. You can walk into a bar and order order a glass of nails and drink it with no milk, something like that. And then you have this late game thing where you're an absolute boss. You can take on anything, no problem. So, and it's kind of like that. It's it's this like scale of difficulty, and it has to scale up at the same rate as you're willing to um, accept the difficulty. Like if a game gets too difficult at one point, I don't want to play it because if I'm right. stuck on a level, I get pissed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Remind me, please, please remind me, Nick. Um, in Outer Worlds, is it like a similar system to like Fallout where 100%. you level up and then you allocate points? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't like that. <laughs> what? That is like, <laughs> I see it like, I think it's valid. It's because it's like traditional RPG progression. Like yeah. that's just how you traditionally do things. But... I think the idea behind like uh, to go back to Skyrim just because it's such an easy thing to point to the <laughs> idea that your actions in game directly relate to your progression being like the number one thing. And like that to me, like is another one of those things where it's like the story that's happening in the game married to your progression as a character. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I feel like if outer worlds had something like that, where it's like, as you use like, uh, like rifles and stuff, like your skill goes up. Yeah, and it yeah. just I yeah, don't that's know. what Skyrim does, isn't it? Yeah, it's like if you sneak past people, your sneaking skill goes up. If you pickpocket, your pickpocket skill goes up. Yeah, like that. Oops, great. we've hijacked your Outer Worlds episode. Made another Skyrim episode. Six <laughs> more years. Six more years. Six more years. <laughs> six more years. Six um, years in a movie. But yeah, I, I will say, I will say though, the counter to that, uh, Outer Worlds in my opinion, has a much better story. Yeah, yeah it does. Brilliantly written, like wonderful yeah. story. We can, uh, I don't know. If, yeah, we'll skip to the story. What, you want to do that? Let's skip to the story. Let's go Show to the plot. Let's just, let's just real quick game it out because I'm not going to go into a long-winded explanation of the plot. But basically, you are a colonist off of the Hope. Remember that one ship that I told you guys about that's mm-hmm. sitting off on the edge doing its own thing? Yep. Yeah. Um, so the big corporation that owns the star system is is uh, called the board. Uh, yeah, it's short for board of directors. If you're mm-hmm. in a corporate environment, you know who the board of directors is. Uh, and they pretty much own everything. But the board has decided to, they know about the hope. The colonists don't, but they're trying to keep it a hush-hush secret. Um, and you're revived by this mad scientist guy who's <laughs> actually kind of funny because, yeah, he's a cliche, but at the same time, he he's like aware of it somehow. So you're, you're kind of, you're kind of playing a little satire there, I'd say, but he, uh, he revives you and you get to, you get to choose your, you know, physical features and your skills and all that. Um, and you come out of this, this like long coma and your mission is to revive the other colonists that are on board the hope. You have to find these chemicals that the, the mad scientist guy has, um, discovered to revive everyone on the ship and then overthrow the board, I guess, is his master plan. But basically, he wants he wants more people in the colony because, you know, that'll make things better, right? Because otherwise, they're just going to sit out there and they're going to be more or less dead because uh, they're just going to stay in cryosleep for the rest of their lives. So, um, and, and major spoilers ahead, if we can. So I'm going to sound the spoiler alarm right now, if we have one. But uh, eventually, you do get the chemicals to revive everyone. And then the big, 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 big choice here is whether to revive them or take the ship and crash into the sign and kill all of them. (laughs) And I think there's a third option there too, but basically those are the two. And 
the catcher is that this colony is running out of supplies. This colony, the, all the fields and well, obviously they're terraformed, so you're not going to grow many crops, but, um, the, the colony is running out of actual supplies. So that's why they're putting sawdust in salt tuna cans. That's why they're, uh, developing a toothpaste that makes you less hungry and people are dying left and right and they can't figure out why. Well, it's because they're malnourished and the board has decided to, cause they don't want to bring the hopes colonists back into the loop of things because that's more mouths to feed. Mm-hmm. And if they had it their way, then they would just completely throw the ship into the sun and be like, well, that does it. <laughs> so it's, it's a tricky thing, but and there's a lot more choices to go along with it. It's an it's an impossible choice, right? And that's kind of like to wrap it all back. It's one of these things of the story and the choices you make within the story are not only a reflection of you and your character, but they're impossible decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Like how it's it's the old trolley car problem. Like, do I want to flip this switch and kill one person, or do I want to kill five people? Mm-hmm. Either way, somebody's gonna die. <laughs> right. And you got to flip the switch. You have to make a decision. So. It's really tricky when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I think of like Outer Worlds, though, I don't and I think of it's like story. I don't think of like the overarching story. Yeah, I think of like the individual stories of the characters that I made along the way. Yeah. And this game has no shortage of that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You can start with your companions, the people you have living on the ship with you. Mm -hmm. Um, You can go to the individual characters because... Yeah, some of them are kind of straw men. Yeah. They're just kind of there because I'm a corporate person and I'm going to talk like this and use words like synergy and leverage and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're gonna, they're going to exist. But there's right. also to balance that out, there's a million other characters that all have an excellent backstory to them. And even if they don't exist, you can read their emails. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. Let's take Toontown and make it for big boys. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Toontown. Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. Discuss. I ads. <laughs> um, so I never played Toontown. Yeah, but, did I. But I saw the commercials and it looked like Alone these men in suits chasing you down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was turn-based combat, so it was no good. Gotcha. Yeah, that's going to get a thumb down from Alex. Um, probably from <laughs> me too, to be honest. But uh, like we said before, there's, there's this thing it's called narrative engagement and Mm -hmm. Michael, you hit on it before. It's, it's making you, the player care about the story that's taking a place on the TV screen on the inside the video game. And I mean, I don't know where Skyrim exactly hits with this, but with, with fallout new Vegas, you're just, you're a courier. You're trying to deliver the platinum chip. Mm -hmm. That's your goal with this game. You're, uh, what do you call it? You're called the stranger and you're trying to, revive your fellow colonists from being in a coma, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to, it's hard to point at one particular thing that makes me engage with the story. Um, because as you know, I'm a robot and, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to be like, you know, get, get attached by the heartstrings, but I'd say it's, that's your superhero. Before this, we were before we started recording, we were discussing how we were going to introduce ourselves. It was yeah. mostly a joke on Michael because his hair's so long now that he looks like Loki. He's wearing mm-hmm. a hat, so you can't tell. But before he was <laughs> trying to figure out how to not wear the hat, and when he was trying to figure out how to not wear the hat, he looked like Loki. So I said, "Hey, let's entertain this." And as always, I'm your intrepid host, I'm Spider Man, and then he's Loki, and then Nick was like, "I guess I'm just a person," but he's not. He's <laughs> Vision. <laughs> your Vision. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't mind. He is, isn't Coulson. he? Yeah. yeah. That is <laughs> not why you're vision. I'm just saying. You Man are vision because you speak like this in most cases, and you like to talk about things like the Roosevelt administration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, that's perfect. It's, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, Nick, when I, I, I hear what you're saying, where it's like, it's, you don't, you can't think of like a small moment that made you like connect no. emotionally or like any big one or anything like that. But like, it's hard for me. Like I, th- I think immediately of like the tons of tiny, small interactions that you have with characters throughout the game, mm-hmm. like uh, a very good one to point to it, that just gets you like initially engaged is when you are allocating your stats in the creative character so this mm-hmm. is after like 
Phineas Wells, that like the mad that, scientist man. Yeah. The mad scientist guy comes and he like revives you and only you, uh, mm-hmm. where he's like the creative character is essentially him reading like your dossier. Uh, <laughs> and so as you're like changing the values of like increasing your dexterity and he's just like, Oh, you were a nimble one. I see. <laughs> or like you're decreasing it and he like you decrease it all the way down. He's like, well, someone's yeah, someone's got two left feet <laughs> and just has like his own little meta dialogue about like the choices that you're making as a player where it's like, yeah. all right, I, I know what kind of game this is going to be. <laughs> and it just I has a couple chortles. It has like a lot of like really small moments that they're not necessarily like always like fourth wall breaking, but they're like they're definitely like self-aware. Of like yeah, the world and the game that this is. Yeah, um, their their comments on your actions, your players' actions within the game. Um, I was being an asshole the other night, and uh, I sided with the board, and I I shot Phineas in the face or something like that. But mm-hmm. I had two followers with me, and they're like, "Why did you do that?" Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, mm, "I don't feel so good now." <laughs> I don't know. I'm bored. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's like the, there's smaller individual characters who their stories make you care about the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. It's, it's discovering all these little small stories that are intertwined with or next to the actual main story. Mm -hmm. Um, oh yeah. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. No, sorry. I, I keep thinking back to like all these random characters I met when I first started playing the game. (laughs) Like there's the, uh the guard who sits in his little outpost who is like a mm-hmm. veteran and or maybe wasn't a veteran. I don't know, but he's like crazy and thinks robots are going to come kill the whole <laughs> settlement. <laughs> I don't know. And it's like little things like that. that I'm just like, every time I think about it, it's like, it makes me happy. It- <laughs> <laughs> the game's full of moments like that. There's, yeah. Like to every, every, uh, straw man character, there's, there's an equally good, like just meaty story waiting to be discovered within every character that you come across. And, um, you know, like I said before, they, they don't have to exist in the game. You don't have to actually talk to them. You can read their emails on a, on a computer mm-hmm. and just be like, Hey, you guys are dealing with the same office politics that I am. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but it's, <laughs> it's that suspension of disbelief. And I mean, whenever you're playing one of these games, it's, you come into it, like, don't waste my time. Okay. Don't waste my time game. Come on, make it worth my while. I don't want you to sit there and manage your inventory. I don't want to play a dumb mini game. I want to keep playing this game. I want to keep progressing. That's, that's really what it's all about. And the world is kind of yours to explore. You're and and games that do this are great RPGs. When you're rewarded for exploration, you're rewarded for opening up, uh, some guy's chest or filing cabinet because maybe there's a weapon in there. And when you reward that exploration, the environment tells its own story in a way. Um, so it's, it's some good stuff. It's some good stuff that, uh, goes on in this game and just kind of wrap it all up here with the, uh, with the, the kind of satirism of corporate America. Um, as somebody who unfortunately works for a large corporation, uh, it's, it's really great to see all this. It's kind of like a cathartic release because you hear them talking about, well, we have to schedule a meeting to decide on if we're going to schedule a meeting. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, <laughs> yep. it's like, stop, that hurts, but it's also funny. <laughs> stop, it's too funny. Come oh, God, on. I need to go back and play this game again now. Now, with with the world that I'm in now. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's too painful. It's painful, but it's funny. If you're not laughing, you're crying or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to relocate you to a moon far, far away. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that sounds perfect why because that's where the office is for the project you're working on <laughs> is the project why? on the moon no the project's anywhere <laughs> so it's why are we on the moon everywhere <laughs> so why are we on the moon i don't know it's arbitrary <laughs> it's pretty here we have great pretty shitty space. look at our campus <laughs> We put it's too like much money w- into our campus. It's like <laughs> one box in the middle of this like vast moon. They're like <laughs> so spacious. <laughs> A lot of room for creativity. Look, we have an open floor plan. <laughs> Stop it, will you? <laughs> but anyways, it's it's fun to see people tear apart corporate culture and even deal with office politics. It's like there's there's some guy at the uh one of the final levels 
I put in air quotes levels, uh, Byzantium, where they're like, well, I have to get somebody to fill out this form to get us to get the form to request this form. Um, I need to do this form. I need to fill out this form to request the form. Once I fill out the form, I have to get this approved. And I was like, <laughs> been there. It's just like the bureaucracy of it all. It's just, it's too perfect. It really is. Yeah. And yeah, maybe some of it is heavy handed comedy, but that's the way it is. <laughs> I mean, it also like definitely like lends itself to the universe as a whole, where it's like the oh, only yeah. the people at the top are immune to the bureaucracy of the world. Yeah. And it's like, like, this is every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like the only decision that did, that wasn't going to require like any bureaucracy was shutting down the hope. Like yep. that ship at the beginning, no one knew about it. So they didn't have to do anything bureaucratic about it. Didn't have to tell anyone, <laughs> get it approved or anything. And it's kind yeah. of this meta narrative of like the people at the top set the rules and the guidelines for the world underneath of them. Yeah, the golden rule is referenced once again, where he with the gold makes all the rules. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even down to like the, I mean, the first character that you ever come across, other than Phineas Wells, is this guy. He's he's like wounded in a cave. It's it's this is the first scene where you're actually controlling your character. First scene, and he's wounded, and he's like, oh, it's it's not the best choice. It's Spacer's choice. <laughs> he's advertising to you <laughs> it's like why are you doing you're dying what, stop that <laughs> don't waste your breath <laughs> potentially his last words potentially his last words are an ad so uh, yeah figure that one out <laughs> advertising is kind of like that though it's it's always in your face all the time 24-7 um, and remember what I said about in, in the beginning about choosing between 100 different types of breakfast cereals well, this is just kind of one of those microcosms of capitalism that's reflected in the game too, because you have a million different consumables that all do the same thing that you can put in your inhaler. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, it's even reflected. I just thought of that. Like, why are there so many consumables? Oh, the consumers chose it. Yep. That's why. <laughs> the consumers chose the consume. I don't know. I thought it was funny, but that's kind of a weird thing is that you inhale all your food. Um. I don't know why that is. It's just a thing that happens in the game. Uh, Future! <laughs> Future! Everything is chrome! <laughs> chrome. Sponge. Uh, but if I still haven't convinced you to play this game, uh, I think that aesthetically, if we're looking at aesthetics, the how the game looks, no, it doesn't have the best graphics but it does have a very good art style. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this uh, mix between, I'd say, Art Nouveau and maybe Victorian era England in a way. Uh, but it's, it's turn of the century kind of decorative floral style. You see a lot of scroll work, like frou-frou things going like that Yeah, on all the guns and stuff. Um, yeah, you got it. You've seen yeah. it before. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crazy. You Your are. grandmother's crown molding. Yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got the ionic columns and the filigree and, and yeah, yeah. We, we know tabloid what we're about and marble Letter. and <laughs> number societal Speaking traits, blatant racism. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know who you've been seeing, but <laughs> there's a lot of uh, it, you know. Sometimes, like I said before, the, the comedy in this game is heavy-handed. They're always referencing paperwork. They're like, oh, I'm going to have to do paperwork for this. Like when you park your ship, the first level, well, it's not your ship yet, but it, it's, it's, spoiler alert, it's going to be your ship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the lady's like, I'm going to have to issue a parking violation. I'm going to have to fill out paperwork for this because you parked your ship in the wrong spot. <laughs> That's like one of the first interactions. They're like, we're going to kick your ass. And you're like, no, you're not, because I'm from this bureau and I'm testing this out and <laughs> you failed this test. They're like, we better go write ourselves up for that. And they just like run <laughs> off. Yeah, when you have a, a high enough persuasion skill or a charisma or whatever it is, the game becomes a lot more fun. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you could like, you'd basically just be like, no, I'm in charge. And they're like, <laughs> oh, oh. They're thought of it like that. <laughs> I guess you are in charge. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny things like that dialogue it's it wins okay dialogue mm-hmm. just based on that alone um it just works it, it just works All of Beyond this that, just works. i think the music is awesome like if mm. you if you haven't listened to the soundtrack you're missing out because it's just got that 
the the swell of the music as soon as you open the game it's da, 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 da. it's like an opera singer it's <laughs> then when you level up it's <laughs> a lot of people have commented on this game here the here are the cons uh because i'm supposed to entertain these as well um but people have said it's too short and it's not fleshed out enough you know that's fair that's totally fair maybe the game the, the core game, the core main story is probably only like, what, 11 hours long? People with speedrunner and 15, so. <laughs> speedrunners are crazy. Um, but it's one of these things that it's it's focusing on quality over quantity. You know, it's that old, old phrase of like, just cut everything you don't need. And the game does it so well because you don't, there isn't anything in the game that isn't meant to be there. Like all the dialogue choices are like, Oh yeah, this is fleshed out. I'm following along. I'm following along. Uh, one exception to that is maybe all the consumables that are out there. Maybe they spent a little too much time on that and not enough time in the story. Maybe that's just my opinion. Uh, but their their whole thing is dumping a lot of effort into making a small, savory. Uh, I compare it to a filet mignon dish. It's it's just good. It's meaty and it's there and it's full of flavor as opposed to maybe. Uh, no Man's Sky type of thing where you're deep frying thinly sliced potato chips and you're eating those all day. So yeah, it's great. You can have a bunch of chips, but they're not very satisfying. So it's kind of one of those things. Um, you guys, uh, you guys ready for a little conclusion here or, or you want me to keep talking? Yeah, man. No, put a yeah. nice little bow on this, this okay. baddie. Right. Um, so we did talk about Skyrim and, and fall into Vegas and I try to, I try to kind of measure these two things together and what is it that makes an RPG great? Uh, and you can never truly walk in the footsteps of a giant. I mean, you, you just can't until, until the next game comes out, like just fall into Vegas too. Maybe that'll come out maybe that'll blow my, blow, blow my expectations away. I don't know. Is that a real thing? Oh, it's rumored. Uh, but anyways, I'm looking for the future. I'm looking for the outer worlds. Fall too. out old new Vegas. Fallout Old Vegas. <laughs> but that probably won't be for a long time, or at least two years, and that's that's a long time for my little puny human brain. So what makes us play these games isn't how they compare to others. It's the stories they tell. It's the companions you meet, and it's the choices that you make. And I want to thank you for making the choice to listen to me gush about this great game called The Outer Worlds, as I hold it near and dear to my heart. So go give it a playthrough. Tell them Nick sent you, and you can take an extra 20% off your next consumable purchase. Remember, it's not the best choice. It's Spacer's choice. Nice. Mic drop. <laughs> I feel a little very dirty cool. now. Need a shower. That makes sense. <laughs> we're going to cut to a very quick promotional break, and then once we get back, we got to quick this. Stick around. See you then. Gammy. Hey, Bryant. What do Robin Hood, Vlad the Impaler, and Mothman have in common? IDK, what? Well, they're all topics on our podcast, Mystery, where each week we discuss a new myth and the history behind it. That's Myth Story with an IE. See you then. Hey guys, it's us again. We're back. I told you it was going to be just a quick little break. I want to try something new with our quick this segment. Something exciting because uh -oh. it's my turn to host it and I want to get a little uh, audience participation. So, uh, boys, before we begin my timer, I have two topics. Hey, Whoa. You didn't let us and I'm going to let I'm going to let you guys choose which one I talk about for five minutes, oh, we're but I'm going to make okay. them both very vague. Okay. All right. So you can pick between one of these two. And for those of you who just so happen to be listening live, feel free to add in a comment if you want to vote. The first one is a classic Alex's angry rant that <laughs> okay. turns in to a, a celebration of a thing that I enjoy. Or we can do a 
suggestion for something that you may want to stream that I have recently been enjoying and binge watching. Hmm. Hmm. Can we we go with the, uh, ah, I like both of these topics. I really do. Mm. Let's, uh, let's put it, put it to a vote. Okay. There's only two of us, so it's going to be, well, (laughs) decide, decide in your head right now. And if you guys tie, then then I'll flip, I'll flip a coin. If, if you guys tie, I'm flipping the imaginary coin. All right. And I want, the Were you guys both flipping a coin too? Because I wanted your opinions. No, no, no. Let's just say it at the same time. Ready? Okay. Three, One, two. two. Okay. Oh, who's who's doing the countdown? Three. <laughs> you you do, do the, the countdown. countdown. Two. One. One. Alex is angry. Yep. Yep. Both went with Alex is <laughs> yep. angry. Yep. 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 Wow. Okay. Love getting Ooh, you riled up. Calm right now. I need to be fired up. Start the timer. Let's do it. Oh, oh. Shit. oh shit! I was too busy flipping a coin. I didn't have time to flip a timer. That's right. I don't even have you let me know. Here. All right. Oh. Three, two, one. Start. There are two things in this world that I hate more than anything else. The first <laughs> is big business capitalists, and the okay. second is people who aren't genuine. There is one thing that I can think of right now that consists of both of those two things, and it is fucking BuzzFeed. Mm. (laughs) I hate BuzzFeed. I hate everything about BuzzFeed. I hate BuzzFeed quizzes. I hate BuzzFeed articles. I hate when BuzzFeed (laughs) tries to pretend that it's a millennial when it's obviously run by boomers. I hate that it hired some millennials who still somehow don't get the rest of the people who are in their generation. But. (laughs) We made the right choice. Big but. BuzzFeed did one, count them, one thing correct. They did one thing right, and I love the one thing they did, and it is called BuzzFeed Unsolved. Are you guys familiar? No, I've never heard of it. Is is this like where they do the UFO things? And BuzzFeed Unsolved is an ongoing series on the BuzzFeed YouTube channel where hosts Ryan and Shane uh, do deep dives into different unsolved mysteries now this includes like cryptids this includes ghosts this includes murders on when it's like ghosts and stuff they go and they investigate the like the haunted place and these two their their personalities are so similar to ours (laughs) that it (laughs) literally feels like you are hanging out with two friends and they are hunting ghosts one of them super believes in ghosts and the other one doesn't. Um, one thing that is a reference to them that you might uh, recognize is, um, what's up, demons? It's me, ya boy. That was, said by, <laughs> that was said by Shane in an episode. Shane's the one who doesn't believe in demons. He was saying it to freak out Ryan because Ryan was like, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to go in there by myself. Like, you go in. But but remember what because they on the very first episode they went and they spoke to a priest and the priest was like don't talk to them and he walks in he goes what's up demons it's me your boy <laughs> so from that wasn't point that, on you kind of got the the feel of it wasn't that in a local uh, haunted space known as Bobby Mackey's Music World I don't think they've been here yet actually I was pretty sure that was the place where they did the thing so local connection there Maybe. for Cincinnati area folks. That might be true, but I don't know for sure. And our fact checker is currently unavailable. (laughs) Um, Furthermore, they have a kind of true crime thing going on right now. And they just did an episode on uh, Agatha Christie and her Mm. mysterious disappearance. Um, And I am super tempted to also do an episode on it. And now that I've talked about it in this quick this, I will not be. Nick was correct. It is in. It was from an episode Bobby on Babby Mackey's. Yep. Thank you. Babby Mackey's. Babby Mackey's. I, I could spit down a hill and probably land on Bobby Mackey's roof right <laughs> now. <laughs> and it deserves to be spit on in this current state. Let's be honest. Hey, it's fine. I I'm rode kidding. the bull once. It hurt real bad. 
Don't ride mechanical bulls. How much time is left? Did we go over? Nope. We still have a minute and a half. (laughs) I have a minute and a half? Yep. All right. Well, let's... No, let's do the other thing. Hey, guys, I've started watching a series called uh, Nathan for You, and it's really great. It reminds me a lot of Nick. Uh, If Nick had a show that was a lot like Hell's Kitchen or Bar Rescue, where he goes into failing businesses and tries to fix them. Uh, But... The thing about Nathan is he just graduated business school and he's terrible at his job. He has very bad <laughs> ideas. One example is to try and advertise for a uh, for a petting zoo. He did something called Petting Zoo Hero where he had a baby pig rescue a goat and it went viral and everyone believed it was real, but it was fake. It was for the TV show. <laughs> and it was a viral video that everyone believed was real. It was on like national news. Pretty awesome. How much time is left? Uh, 45 seconds. That's Nathan for you. It's on Hulu. I've watched several episodes already. I'm halfway through season two. I think I started it two days ago. I have a real problem with binging things. Somebody should send somebody. I should probably talk to someone. If somebody took away my TV tomorrow, I honestly think that I would be better off. Uh, I do this thing called disassociating, which is basically uh, I waste my time doing things that are unmeaningful, uh, and it really affects my personality and day-to-day. It's something that I am in a constant struggle with, and I know I could go see someone and seek help but uh, I think that that is also just tedious because it's almost an endless cycle of this thing where I want to get better, but then it takes effort to get better. So then the effort doesn't seem worth it. So I don't do it. And it's partially because of laziness. cut. (laughs) That got dark. That was was good. That was was good, uh, guys. Sidebar, sidebar real quick. Can I have that one? What's up? Yeah, go ahead. What the fuck was that? (laughs) I was talking about Nathan for you. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, cool. But originally that actually that, really that actually really fits the series uh, is the thing because it's all about like there's like an ongoing narrative about his social anxiety and about halfway through the first season he <laughs> figures out that nobody likes him that he's helped even though it's like super obvious that nobody likes him and like he struggles with it throughout and then he hosts a bachelor uh, style um, TV show where basically he just brings 10 girls in and then shit talks the host the entire time <laughs> <laughs> It's really funny, and you guys isn't should that, watch it. Isn't that what The Bachelor's all about, anyway? I don't, I don't know. I don't watch The Bachelor. No, because like he is The Bachelor, and then there are ten females, and then the entire time that they're at this like mixer to get to know The Bachelor, quote unquote. Yeah. He's just like there's one like really attractive man who's like the host of the show, and he's like, isn't that guy like such a tool? Like, doesn't he suck? <laughs> like, aren't I more attractive than him? Aren't I better than him? And like, he's trying to raise his own uh, self worth. Anyway, yeah. this has been entertaining. This is a show on the internet that encapsulates all things entertainment. Um, and there are several ways that you can reach out to us. If you have any suggestions for this show, there's a chance you might get a guest spot. One way to reach out to us is to go to our website. That's www.entertainthis.net. There's a little survey that you fill out at the bottom of the page, and it goes straight to our email. Uh, so you can send us suggestions that way. Another way is you can reach out to us on Twitter, where entertain underscore this, or on Instagram, where entertain this podcast. We're also on TikTok now. That's entertain underscore this on tiktok we have exactly one video but it did fairly well it got like 250 views and like 30 likes it was crazy hell yeah um it was about loki speaking of loki (laughs) we have a youtube channel if you look up entertain this and you ignore everything that doesn't look like it's this channel which it'll look like this background here you can find our (laughs) series on uh the disney plus series loki called you me and loki where a friend of the show nick wolf and i have weekly discussions on loki um anyway that's everything for us that's all that we got for this week so entertain us so we can entertain you and you can entertain this we'll see you guys next friday peace bye Bye. this episode of entertain this was written by me nick mustakangas with additional commentary from michael savoya and alex Steele. Our showrunner and resident fact checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening. <laughs>